What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have multiple repeat guests, Danny Vega. We're pretty much doing like a reunion episode here. We haven't talked in so long, so this is more of a catch-up call for us than anything. So I figured we'd just make it into a podcast because usually our conversations wind up being interesting, hopefully. So, without further ado, how are you doing, man? Well, I had it on mute by mistake. I, I thought I clicked mute, and then I unclicked it. I was saying that I miss you, man. It's been way too long. It has been way too long, man. It's been way too long. Um, well, bring everybody to speed, man. I mean, everybody, everybody knows you if they know me. We, we're kind of like two peas in a pod. Yeah, wow. Um, so, the last several months have been really, really busy and really exciting because we've been prepping for well first of all we launched the carnivore keto cut in may and that did really awesome and it continues to do really well um i personally just started it up again just because two months actually almost three months of bulking um not really intentionally (laughs) Mm -hmm. just my appetite was up and the type of training i've been doing has been really focused on adding muscle and i definitely have added a bunch of uh, a bunch of muscle and it's it's interesting because i have never taking the time to look at myself, like pictures of myself from early on keto to now. And I've mm-hmm. always you know, tried to be as, you know, um, just non-biased as possible, telling people, look, I put on my size before keto. But it's interesting because I'm looking at a picture of January 2017 versus now, and I'm going to finally be able to say, along with you, because you've been able to put on muscle with keto, but with me, it was like, you know, I, I was already big, but I've, been, I've put on some substantial muscle with keto. So I'm going to make a post about that. It's interesting to me that, that so many people are in the camp that you can't build muscle with keto. I mean, like I look at Crystal, like when people say that, I automatically think of Crystal, who, I mean, she, she was only training for like six months prior to starting keto. I mean, she's put on a ton of muscle over the yep. past three years that she's been strict keto. I mean, she didn't have any muscle prior to really starting so like i mean that that just kind of slaps that argument you know in the face i would think yeah and it's and it's definitely good to finally be one of those people who can say because i i like i said i i kind of took myself out of that but yeah i've added a ton of muscle um going back to the carnivore keto cut now to just lean out and peel back the layers and see you know how it looks without this extra little pudge behind you know on top of it because you know how it is when you go into bulk mode, you, you're putting on all types of size. Your appetite is up. Um, but other than that, you know, we were getting ready for the Fat Fueled Family launch, which we did this weekend. And it's been awesome. Just the last couple of days alone, lots of people buying programs and, you know, signing up their emails and some people signing up for some consults. Um, and of course, the biggest piece of news is that um, on this Friday, I, I'm not even making it a secret anymore this friday i'll be quitting my job so i'll be putting in my notice this friday for the day job i'm really really excited about this man like i feel like i mean you're already kind of thinking outside the box by a lot you know i mean you're you're creating all these programs but once you pull that plug and you quit the job and you step away from that as a as a safety net i mean you're going to start seeing opportunities that you never saw before i know man you've been telling me for years yeah i mean i'm excited for you man you're going to be like on fire I know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm super excited too, just because 
I'm, I feel like I'm about to enter into this phase right now where I've been really comfortable for the past several months and just kind of eating everything I want to eat, you know, and just kind of um, spending my time the way I want to spend my time. And you know how you start to yearn, well, at least you and I do, <laughs> you start to yearn for that, that Spartan lifestyle. I, and mm-hmm. I, I know I'm talking to you right now and you're like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sick of it. <laughs> you're probably really, really tired because <laughs> you've been there for years now um, with Keto Brick. I know you guys have been, you and I had a conversation about this over the weekend about how you guys have been grinding nonstop, but I'm ready to get into that grind mode now. Man, I, I love, I love the grind. And, and there's times where I'm like, oh my gosh, they like just give me a freaking afternoon to just relax. But at the same time, I was telling this to Crystal last night. We were driving back um, from Fayetteville. It was super late. And she was just like exhausted. Man. Like I looked over at her and I'm like, are you going to pass out right now? <laughs> and then I was just like thinking about the whole situation, what all we've been doing, what all we're about to do. And it's like, I've realized that whenever things get crazy, like beyond what normal people would think is even sane, that's when I like really get fired up. That's when I get excited. That's when I get energized. Like that fuels me. And that's probably not healthy or sustainable, but at the same time, I freaking love it. Yeah, you, you, because I think for both of us, we've had so many times in our lives where we've, we've set out to do something and we've not known what the outcome is going to be. And we've not known if it's possible to, to make it or to do it and finish the way we want to finish. And then we've actually done it and we've risen to the occasion that now it's like, we crave that process because we're like, we know what comes on the other end. And it's just like this increase in confidence. And it's just like confirming, like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a very primal thing, Mm -hmm. especially I can't speak for women, but at least for me as a man to be like, do I have what I, what it takes? Do I have what it takes to, to be a man? Do I have what it takes to, to like, you know, do everything, do everything right. Be a good dad, be a good husband, be a good businessman. And when you, when you start to show yourself this, it's not like, it's not that you're, you're cocky, but it's important to know your worth. And the, you know, it's important to know your worth without having done anything, but getting things done contributes to you knowing your worth. Oh, 100%, man. Like if you've never really been tested, then you don't really know what you're capable of. Whereas if you've been pushed to the freaking limit, and risen to the occasion and gone beyond, then you know that no matter what life throws at you, you can figure it out. And and that, like confidence in knowing that is, I mean, you can't even put a price on that because I mean, you're literally limitless at that point. Yeah, and of course, <clears throat> I think of right away, you know, the the situation with, with Dean and him getting, you know, hit by a truck and, and the, the fact that, you know, that was the worst day of my life. There, there's no question about it. Um, Poor Rachel, uh, Rachel Gregory, killing a keto. Poor Rachel was there for that. And she had to like be in the car with me when I got the call that my son was run over. And, you know, just going through the whole process and the agonizing, just uncertainty that, you know, what's going to happen to my son. And then coming together with my wife, it, it, it just, having gone through that, we're stronger as a family. And, and there's no, question about it. And I tell people this and it sounds weird, but the way that it happened is the best way that it could have happened. You know, like my son came out of it. Um, 
he's healthy, he's recovering perfectly, there's no lasting effects. And but we still got the the benefits of going through something like that. And I think Dean is stronger. You know, he's four years old, but you know, he went through hell in that hospital and he went through some serious I can't imagine how scared he was when the whole mm -hmm. thing happened, you know. So it's it's hard to talk about like in depth still. I'm I'm getting more comfortable talking about it, but it goes back to what you were saying. It's like you, you do feel like there's nothing that life can throw at you that you can't handle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is kind of strange to say that you almost yearn for things like that, but at the same time, like nobody obviously wants <laughs> their son to be run over by a truck. But like the the psychological and emotional strengths and benefit that you glean from that experience, I mean. How else would how else would you be able to accomplish that and get that unless something crazy dramatic like that happened? You know, it's 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 not possible. And it's like this is the the thing that I'm going through with Desmond being the oldest. That I realized that it's just so hard to learn without struggle. You know, you mm -hmm. you you want your child to learn without having gone through the struggle, but you realize that most of the time it's just not possible they have to they have to feel i mean we learn through pain it's just it's just kind of how we are we we're, we're probably we're wired from a survival standpoint to do the bare minimum and no more it all goes even as, as something as simple as your brain it conserves energy because it, it realizes that the amount of energy that it takes to to be doing these conscious processes all the time it's too much. And so that's why we're always defaulting to that amygdala. We're always defaulting to like that responding to what's happening and we're, and it, cause it takes more energy and output to live like mindfully and to, mm -hmm. and to try to learn things without having like getting hit in the head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if, you know, then if you can realize and put your intentions towards living a life that that is mindful, at least trying to be mindful at all times, then I really do think that it's, it's, that's how we get rid of fear because, you know, amyg the amygdala drives the fear and, and the whole like, oh, I need to worry about, you know, a future that's possibly not even going to happen. And most likely it's not even going to happen. Or I need to, I need to, you know, fret over things that happened in the past. And that's that amygdala just kind of just overpowering everything where you can just get back to that prefrontal cortex and get back focused and thinking about things that, you know, thinking about things right now and appreciating right now. 100%, man. Like if, if there's no control over the situation, then it's not even really worth fixating on because there's nothing that you can do about it. That's why I get so frustrated when I watch like the news and like the media, like there's just so much negativity out there. I made a post on that on YouTube the other day. There's just so much negativity out there and people get so overly consumed with this like just negative cloud that they just have weighing on them all day long. But they, there's nothing they can do to fix it. So they just fixate on it. And then it, you know, has this lasting effect on what they accomplish in a day. And it's just a sad waste of energy, in my opinion. Dude, I had a conversation about this with a friend who is in the intelligence community yesterday. Uh, and he, he teaches classes. Um, he, he teaches all types of classes. Like he goes to DC once a month and he talks about, you know, programming and how all of this stuff. And I told him, I mean, I haven't taken your class, but you know what? This is all so predictable to me. 
you know, because it's the same thing over and over. You go to one channel, there's a certain intonation, uh, you know, and there's a certain cadence that's, and, and then you go to another channel, it's, a, it's maybe a little bit different, but in general, it's the same theme. Scare people and get them focused on what's right in front of them, the next big threat versus allowing people to open up their minds, let go and focus on, you know, what fulfills them, what their true purpose is. And this is why, you know, you and I huddle together. This is why we, we find other people that are like us, because there's not that many people that are living this way. And we, we're trying to tell people, listen, this is this is easy. This is easy to do. But you got to yeah. you got to disconnect. You got to unplug. Absolutely, man. There's I mean, honestly, I think that's why I gravitate towards training and business, because those two like a lot of the hardships that, you know, you experience in life are like, for instance, Dean getting run over by a truck. Like that's not something that you can really plan for. Or I mean, that's like a reactive thing. Like you have to just react to that the best way you can. But like, you know, with we live in a day and age where everybody I mean, we have you know, the basic needs, we have food, water and shelter. So we have to kind of self-impose hardships on ourselves. So that's why I bring into the equation, the training, you know, the bodybuilding contest preps and the business, because those things become my pillars of hardship that force me to become a better person. And in doing so, that's so much more stimulatory than, you know, mindlessly watching the news and just fixating on things that I have no control over. Like every single decision I'm making today has a noticeable impact on, so on what result, results from that like there, there's so many i mean i used to work in a job where nothing i did mattered now everything i do matters and and that is fulfilling and i think people they don't realize that you know i for me for instance i can focus on the fact that with my current job i make you know a good six-figure salary do very very well benefits and they take care of me and blah 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 or i can focus on the fact that I make my com my company like $12 million a year and I get a fraction of that versus me waking up in the morning and saying, how am I going to spend my day today? And every single action that I take has a direct influence on my personal life. What is more powerful than that? I mean, it's just, for me, there, there's just no comparison. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, it's kind of scary. Like there's so much, I was talking to one of my best friends the other day, as a matter of fact, um, he, he's kind of gone the military route. Um, he and I have been friends since seventh grade and he, he's in the military. He graduated, he went through the ROTC program in college. He graduated, uh, you know, like as a, uh, officer and then he's a lieutenant now. And I was talking to him about his like life path and he hates what he's doing in the military. Like, he's not doing anything cool as he's sitting behind a desk, you know, but he's scared to remove himself from that because of like all these like little bitty benefits. These companies give these benefits to keep you tied in. But if you look at what's possible, once you cut that tie, those benefits are nothing. I mean, they're yeah, like they're a little, little drop carrots. in the pond. Little yeah, carrots they're nothing. Exactly, man. I mean, he was, he was talking about how great this opportunity is for him to, you know, get like an extra four grand at the end of the year if he stays with the military or something. I'm just like, wow, man. I mean, four grand a year. I mean, that, 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 that's what's going to keep you there. Um, <laughs> So, so I don't know. I think people, it's, it's not easy to cut the ties sometimes. But when you cut the ties and you just jump all in, I mean, there's a whole other world out there. There is, man. And I think, you know, that's the thing with both of us is that, <clears throat> yeah, we're both, we both have like our brands and we're trying to sell 
different digital products and physical products and everything. But we both have a true passion for trying to get other people to realize that there's so much more to life than this determined path that people think that they have to take. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. Like for me, I'm 37 years old. I have two kids. I'm the sole provider. I'm married. You know, if I focus on the fact that I'm going to leave the reservation now and I'm, and I'm going to be out on my own, that's, you know, it's, it's all about the story that we tell ourselves, you know, because one of the, one of these guys, I got to introduce you to this guy, Mike DeSanti. Um, he's uh, friends with Ben Pakulski and, and uh, my other friend, Jay Ferrugia. And he talks about the fact that everything that we do in life is, you know, we tell each other, we tell ourselves stories. It's all a story. And so if I talk to myself about the story and I tell myself a story that um, I'm going to leave, you know, the comfort of, of my, my, you know, my, 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 uh, my company car and my company card and, you know, all these benefits, you know, or I can focus on the fact that every single night when I go to bed, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I can honestly say that I spent my day the way I wanted to spend it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just nothing more powerful than that, man. I, I started to feel that and experience that just recently in the past couple of months where every single night it started on a Monday and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this one night at a time. And this week I want to say that every single night when I go to bed, I spent my days the way I wanted to. And every single night that week I did. And it was like this feeling that's just, it's a a feeling of fulfillment. It didn't mean that I made all this money because I'm still, you know, it's funny because I talk to people and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're leaving your job, huh? that's really great that your business is taken off to the point where you feel like you can leave your job. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not true. I, my business is not at the point where I can leave my job, but I can't continue living like this. I, I'm living a fractured life. I'm living mm-hmm. a life that's incongruent, you know, and I, and I need to come back into congruence. And the, the whole money thing, it's just, it's a means to an end. You know, I need to have a certain amount of money so that, you know, you know, the bills are paid and, and, but in reality, it's more, what's more important to me is freedom and purpose, you know, pursuing my purpose and having that freedom. I can say, Hey, let's get in the car. We're going to Arkansas. Why? I don't know. We'll we'll find out what we do when we get there. And, and, you know, we can, we can do that. We're we're already going to be doing that in the next couple of months. We're going to, we're going to Arizona to be with Ross and Kara. Um, f-bomb at the beginning of october we're going to um uh ohio at the end of october to go to bunker hill these are the type of things that now you start saying okay wait i'm on vacation sort of but i'm 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 with my family i'm spending my time with family but then i'm also doing what i love i'm recording content i'm writing stuff i'm doing it doesn't matter you know because with the internet there's so many possibilities oh yeah 100 man 100 and to take your story metaphor one step further, I mean, imagine like when, I, when I'm kind of ever at a crossroads in my life, I don't know what decision to make. I imagine my life as a story, like as a book, like each chapter, each, each year of my life is a chapter in that book. And I, I'm like, what book would I want to read? Like if I was somebody reading this book, what would be more interesting to me? And usually the, the more crazy the, the decision, the more interesting the read. So I tend to go, you know, gravitate towards just the extreme. But I mean, building the story of your own life, 
I mean, leaving a legacy like that, you can't you can't put a price on that. Like a story where everything is so just like crazy and so much interesting, so much so much more uh, just excitement. That's going to be a much better read than yeah. From the time I turned twenty five to the time I retired at sixty five, did the same thing every single day. I mean, that that's not going to be a very interesting read. Not at all, man. I think of my mom. You know, like I'm I'm just like almost every day. I'm like, quit your job, retire, stop. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I, you know, we just need a little bit more. And, you know, I got one more bonus and I got this. And I'm like, meanwhile, you have scoliosis, you have osteoporosis. You need to be moving and, you know, you need to get your blood pumping and flowing and you need to, to travel and you need to experience life. And I asked her this question and I probably didn't frame it the right way because I didn't want her to think I meant like, you know, my, her, her children and stuff. But I, I, I said to her, I said, you mean to tell me that you don't regret the life that you live? You, you, you're happy. You're, you're, you're happy with the life you live. And she's like, yeah, of course I'm happy with the life I live. And I meant to say, you know, you know, the career path that she chose, you know, that, you know, the fact that she worked for Burger King corporate, um, for the past almost 40 years, there's no way when she was a little kid, that's what she envisioned herself doing. It's just not, not it, you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, man. Like I look at my folks too, and you know, my mom and my dad are both extremely hard workers. That's, that's where I got my work ethic, honestly. But they, I mean, like my mom works nonstop, and she loves what she does. She's a manager at the hospital, so she's like making a you know lasting impact on you know the patients and the people there. But I mean, she gets her passion out of like <laughs> riding horses on the weekends. You know, um, what I'd love to do, and I, I posed this question to her this past weekend, but I'm trying to get her to step away from that role a little bit and then work with me in like keto brick. Like she can manage that. I mean, how cool would that be if I can get my mom working alongside of me and then give her more time freed up on the weekends to ride horses? Like that would be so fulfilling for me. Of course you, because you knowing how important it is for you, for your mom to live a, a, a life with more freedom and the fact that you can play a part in that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Because you can honestly have, you can say, in, in, you know, you're not going to be announcing it to everybody or to her, but you, in your mind, you know that she left her nine to five and she, she opened up a whole new world of possibilities, a whole new way to spend her time. And that was because of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing, man. Like you talk about money, you know, there's, there's money involved, like money changes hands, like with the digital products or the physical products or, you know, the salaries or the paychecks, whatever, you know, money's there, but you can say the same thing in that neither you or I get our fulfillment from the money. Like, I don't care about the money. The money is just simply a way to make money. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and money just amplifies the impact you can make because you can scale, you can reach more people. You know, if you're a good person, you can do more good with money. If you're a bad person, you can do more bad with money. Money is just simply a tool, a leverage. And I mean, like whenever Keto Brick launches and I get money in the account, I don't celebrate the money. I celebrate, wow, okay, now let me invest this in this much equipment so I can make this much more and impact this many more people. Like it's all about what I can do to the people. Yep. And I think that's, that's always what separates a, a person who, who does well from someone else. I mean, everybody, you know, you can, you can take courses and you can do all this stuff and you can try to hone your skills. But in reality, the core thing is 
you know, how much value am I adding? I mean, I told you this this weekend, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, I saw that you made that heartfelt post to Crystal. And I was like, you know what, I can see where these two are just, just grinding, grinding, grinding. And sometimes you got to just do something like that to, to share with the person you love and, and everybody around that, you know, we got this. I love you. You're awesome. You know, it, it's not necessary, but you do it anyway. And, and I was thinking to myself and I just started to think for like a minute about Keto Brick. And I was just like, obviously, it's, it's just so it's so Robert to create a product <laughs> that is just unique in every way. There's nothing like Keto Brick. There's absolutely, you know, if someone were to come out, what, what could someone do? You know, they, they could create a, a keto block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. And then you're looking at the, you're looking at the, the ingredients and it's like very similar. And it, it's just, it's not going to do well because it's, it's one of those things that it's so unique. And then yeah. the fact that the biggest problem is that not enough people are getting it in their hands and they're, they're, they're missing out on the launches. That's, that's a good place to be in. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about it, man. Like, I think, I mean, I've had so many failed business attempts early in my life. And, you know, since doing keto, like, this is the one thing in my life where I've just, like, gained traction. I'm, built, I'm building momentum, and I just feel good about it. Like, I'm not playing the short game. I'm not trying to make a quick buck. Like, I'm actually trying to leave a legacy and be proud of it. And I feel like I can make an impact in, like, the world right now and i'm gonna go freaking all in, all in like there's nothing that i'm holding back on and i'm gonna grow it to as big as it can become and i'm excited for the process and excited for the journey so those moments like when i wrote crystal that that heartfelt message you know it was it was like a you know wow we're freaking beat up but when you actually take a step back and look at what we're building what we're creating you know the lives we're changing and just just the fun we're having I mean, that, that re-energizes me instantly. So I can be, you know, just depleted and deprived and tired as hell. But then I think about that and I'm ready to go again. Yeah. And then you talk about the story and you're like, you know, later on, you know, things are going to continue. I mean, it's just, it's just a given. Things are going to continue to improve. They, yeah, you'll, you'll run into, into problems and I'm not talking about financial. You know what I mean? Things are going to continue to improve and you're going to look back and you're just going to be like, holy crap, man, we lived in a freaking, in a warehouse, you know, like, yeah. like how awesome is that? We, we lived in a warehouse. We woke up and, and there it was, there were the, the, the commercial kitchen, the commercial kitchen, the, the equipment, all that stuff. Like we lived that. That's an amazing a funny thing. story about the warehouse real quick, man. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me. So, so we came home late last night cause we went up to Fayetteville to clean our townhouse up there so we can officially move down here. And I was just so freaking tired. Like I was going to either go train at like one o'clock in the morning or just go to bed as soon as I can so I can wake up early and get to work. And we had to like move some furniture, drop some furniture off at my folks' house, drop some more furniture off at my uncle's house. Just crazy. And we get to the warehouse at like 11 or 12, somewhere in there last night. And I walk in the door and it's 86 degrees. Oh, Our man. AC went out while we were gone. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but I cannot sleep when it's that hot. Like, I just, it just does not happen. Like, I toss and turn. It just Impossible doesn't work. Impossible for me. I can't. Yeah, I can't either. I was just, like, so pissed off, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, I just want to sleep. Give me, like, four hours of good sleep. And then the AC's gone and it's 86 degrees. I went to the freezer, got a whole bunch of, like, <laughs> meat packing blocks and just laid in bed and packaged them all around me. Like, I packaged myself in an ice block <laughs> and packed <to> sleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I still didn't really get much of a sleep, but it was uh, <laughs> kind of funny. I just, it's one of those moments you just have to kind of laugh at the situation. So, so what's up with the air right now? Is it still out? Oh, yeah. It's like 85 degrees. I'm sweating here right now in this podcast. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. That's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. But it's, it's one of those things, man. Like, there's so many creature comforts that Crystal and I have given up to follow our dreams that, like, it, that right there invigorates me. It's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about I love the freaking crazy hard grind where most people stop. Like, I, that's what really gets me energized. And I look at our lives right now, and there's just so many things that we've, you know, sacrificed to make this happen. But I freaking love it. Like I, I'd sacrifice even more, you know, just just to simply build and add to that story. Like we don't have a shower here right now. We have to shower at the gym every day. Like it's it's just comical, but I freaking love it, dude. I I, I gotta be honest, man. Hundred percent honest. I'm jealous, man. I am so jealous, like for real. Because life, like when you have more stuff and more comfort, it's so noisy, and I really just remember like the 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 hardest times of my life where i feel like everything's been stripped away is when my brain has been the most on point i've been so laser focused and and you know we got so much stuff when dean got hit by the car you know we got so much just people a huge outpouring of love and i appreciate it so much you know it was so important for that to happen you know i could tell dean honestly is happier now than he was before he got hit i i can tell you like he's he's got a newfound appreciation he may not understand what's going mm -hmm. on but it, it's a change that happened but at the same time it's like there are toys everywhere and it's yeah. like <laughs> then we start realizing this and i and i told Mauda this weekend enough is enough because we've we've done you know times where we've we've you know cleaned out rooms and filled like boxes and boxes of stuff and garbage bags of stuff. And I've had to take several trips to um, Metropolitan Ministries is a big uh, place over here where we, we serve and we donate stuff. Um, but the guest room is like, okay, the main people that come to stay with us are my in-laws and my parents. And my parents now are at a point where they're they're half the time if my in-laws are here and they you know reserve the weekend first my parents have to do an airbnb and so we have this guest room that we could be turning into you know a, a school room for the for the boys you know like so, so we can really give them a space beyond just their bedroom and who are we mm -hmm. doing that for we're, we're doing it for the people that might come every now and then you know and, and our and our family that's just to me, that doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, we'll get, she, she's like, oh, well, I want to get a Murphy bed. And I know my wife, my wife is like, nothing will happen until the Murphy bed is purchased. Uh, and I'm like, I don't care about the Murphy bed. Let's rip everything away and let's, let's change that room and we'll get the Murphy bed later. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. Just stripping everything down to its core and getting back to like the most simple life. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Like when we moved from Washington to Arkansas, we got rid of so much stuff. And then we moved from, you know, Fayetteville here to the warehouse, we get rid of so much stuff. And and now like we had such a clean slate to start with. Everything that I've gotten since moving has been like with a very specific purpose in mind. Like I don't buy anything unless I'm going to use it on a regular basis. And 
having that kind of like clean slate just clears up my mind so much that, I mean, it's just like practicality and efficiency are my two like big pillars right now in life. <laughs> I'm sure it's like you, you feel like you have, you have to, you know, it's gotta be practical and it's gotta be efficient. You know, you, you can't afford right now to be wasting time or, I mean, mainly wasting time. Time is precious for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, talk to me about some of the, the training and the nutrition stuff you've been got going on, man. Everybody's curious to see where we are with regard to nutrition and training. So yeah. catch me up to speed on what you're doing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So um, I, I obviously am, am, am very open to learning new things and becoming so close with Ben, um, I've, I've kind of opened up and I, and I tried a few different things for the past several months. Like I tried upping my carbs. I tried, you know, eating some of these, um, you know, higher antioxidant type foods and just, you know, health foods and, and, and things that, that, you know, there could be some benefits with. And, um, you know, it was okay. And the thing is with me, like, I I've realized that <clears throat> when I found like the carnivore thing last August, it really was like, it felt like I felt the best I've ever felt. And um, I keep searching for more and I, and I understand it's an important thing to do, um, to always be open to, to trying new things. And I, and I have had wholeheartedly uh, tried to do these things because deep inside me anyways, I do like to have variety and you know, I like to look at a plate and it's beautiful and different colors and all this stuff. And, um, and then I just realized, like, I feel the best I, I, I've ever felt when I, when I do carnivore, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and just real simple, as simple as possible. You know, um, I even get too complicated sometimes where I start to create all these recipes. But Maura and I were talking about this, like for us, like ribeyes and ground beef and eggs, it's just, it doesn't get better than that. Um, now, for, for supplementation, I have gotten more um adventurous and I've, I've started to incorporate more things like um recently started to add more stuff like b6 uh, methylated b vitamins vitamin e um what else i'm, I'm going down the line in my brain because i have like um in my bathroom i have a line of like bottles that i just basically <laughs> take my pills out of the bottle every morning when i'm doing my my morning routine in the bathroom put them in my pocket put them on my dining room table for after I drink my coffee. And, um, and then there's the other thing that I've been, I've been doing a lot of research into glycine lately. And mm -hmm. that's been a real cool one to look at because we see a lot of people, you know, especially women nowadays, they're, they're just collagen is so huge right now. Collagen is, is everything. And, and for good reason, you know, like it's good for your hair, skin, nails, it's so good for your gut. It's good for just a, it's good for your heart, your brain. And glycine is one of these things where um, I, I started to listen to Chris Masterjohn. Um, and he's got a lot of good science type stuff. Like I, I've, I've listened to him go in depth into gluconeogenesis. It's been very enlightening for me. And his stuff on glycine, he had a round table where people were talking about all the benefits. They started going into the benefits for you know, in animal studies and in human studies, it's great for detox. It protects the liver, the kidneys. Um, it, it may mitigate some of the effects of like just a bad diet. It controls blood sugar. It may also protect against endotoxin, which is another thing that I'm slowly getting into. 
Um, again, I, I talked to you about that friend of mine who I spoke to yesterday, who's in the intelligence community, and he um, he realized that. And I know I, I actually mentioned you because I was like, you know, Robert and I have spoken about this, like how we feel like in theory, it's important to have like a good balance of fats in our diet. But mm-hmm. neither of us, I feel like, have gotten really in depth into like what that means. And and then I start to think about my conversations with Dr. Diagostino and how I've asked him, you know, what do you think saturated fat versus monounsaturated? Where where should the balance be? Where should where should the the dominant which one should dominate the amount, you know, of fat that you consume? And he's always been like monounsaturated. And this friend of mine, the same thing, he was like, you know what, monounsaturated, uh, you know, it's it's saturated fat is not bad. I don't want people to think that I'm saying saturated fat is bad, but anytime, you know, fat is implicated, whether it be endotoxin, you know, which is, you know, the LPS, the lipopolysaccharides, I think that's what it's called. Um, Mm -hmm. or just inflammation there, there are some times, whether it be genetic or whatever, where, um, saturated fat consumption could trigger like an inflammatory process. And so I'm not just going to just completely discount that and not take it into account. So um, I'm not saying that I'm changing my diet because I am i haven't done it yet, but I am starting to open up to the possibility of having more monounsaturated, more olive oil, more, more fish. Um, and, and so glycine is part of that too, because glycine um, can, can, kind of mitigate any type of bad effects of, you know, endotoxin or, or saturated fat consumption. You know, some of these high fat diets where people, you know, in the science community who are looking at only one type of study and they're very biased and they're like, high fat diets are bad because of this, this, and this, this is one of the reasons, you know, um, glycine mm-hmm. also is great for blood sugar control. And so right now what I'm sipping on is, uh, it's this blood sugar tonic that is basically, apple cider vinegar, just like a, maybe like one to two ounces of that with, um, water, uh, two teaspoons of glycine, which is about nine grams and what else? And the juice of a lime and it's delicious. And I've noticed that I've been wearing this. Um, so I, I'm not wearing the continuous glucose monitor right now because it kept on coming off with sweat and I'm waiting. I have this adhesive thing that I got uh, from Amazon that was recommended to me. And then I'm waiting for the last thing, which is like a bunch of alcohol prep pads. So clean off <laughs> the oils from my skin before I attach it. And what kind of, uh, continuous glucose monitor do you have? So I got the Dexcom, which the new one, uh, not the G six, it's the G five. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's slick, man. It's basically at all times you're getting, you know, you could just open up your phone and look at, <laughs> just what your glucose is. And, and, you know, the first day I tried it was not yesterday, Sunday, but last Sunday. And I woke up, got my morning reading. I think it was like 77. And then, um, the boys were fighting and like, they just stressed me out in the morning. I look and it spikes up to 91. And then I do like, I do like five minutes of breathing and it brings it down to like 60 something. And it's crazy. So it's like, it's different, right? Because, you know, you, you appreciate this. Like we, we take, you know, baseline readings, like, you know, fasted glucose. We'll do like, you know, uh, postprandial numbers. We'll 
test out what certain training does, but this is like real time. And I noticed that how much of an impact like things beyond food have on something like your blood sugar, which is really a good one because it's like, okay, we understand the typical stress response and how often is our body going into that stress response in this modern life of ours where you know, we're putting ourselves in this fight or flight so often because of the stresses of our lives and because of the way we think. And I notice I'm like, man, I need to do a better job of trying to stay on that, that even keel, just like breathe, slow down, you know? And, and I think that so many people are missing that, you know, they're taking more stimulants, they're taking more, you know, fat burners, and they're taking you know, all these things that, that are putting them, and of course the sugar contributes as well. And it's like all these things that are putting them even more into fight or flight. And, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I need to perform better. So I need to take this. And then you're like, wait a second, this is destroying me. And, and it goes back again, simplifying our lives and, and slowing down and, and bringing it back to like, just more, you know, if you want to take things that are going to, that are going to improve your, your, your performance, the, the two things that I love the most recently are the adaptogens, you know, like the, the mushrooms, because those, mm -hmm. those are fascinating because those, if you're down, they bring you up. If you're up, they bring you down. It's like, it's, they, they basically are like these, these snipers that, that come in and they do the job that they're supposed to do. And then of course the, uh, the nootropics like the, um, alpha GPC and, um, th that's my favorite one. And of course the L-theanine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. There's so much to be said for like your body's stress response and how that affects you hormonally. And then from that hormonal implication, how that affects your, you compositionally. Like so much so to the point that I don't want to do my next contest prep until I'm in such a zen state in my life that I don't even have that as a, as a variable. Because like right now, if I was to do a contest prep, I think I would by default have a less defined abdomen area simply because like my body is going to can't have more fat there from a stress response, you know? Yeah. Because I, I see it like even, you know, getting a, a front row seat to watching um, Derek Lunsford prepping for the Olympia right now. And like when he's really fatigued and, and it's more than just, you can tell on the days where his brain is just nonstop. And I can imagine, you know, like it's like that last couple of weeks, you, you, you know, you know, it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And it's not only like, yeah, I got a show coming up, but it's like, there's so much writing on this. Like fans don't care. They don't, they, if you don't place, you know, they forget about you right away. You know, it's like, you're, you're a nobody, you're nothing, you know? And like when he's breathing, if he's not in a relaxed mode and he's just fatigued mentally, you see that he's not able to bring in his transverse abdominis and he's not able to keep those abs sucked in. And it's, it's not only, of course, the fat that, that you, that doesn't get burned there, that it's pretty much staying there, but it's also the way that you carry your, yourself and the way that your posing looks. And so I, I could totally see, like, you have to basically be at a place where, you know, keto brick is in cruise control and you are like, okay, I want to take, now it's time for me to take four or five months to just focus on what I love and let's start, let's, let's get into this journey and let's embrace it from the beginning. Like every single day, you'll have such an appreciation for it. Yeah, I totally agree, man. 
I totally agree. What, what are some of the like the training techniques oh, yeah. that you've learned with working in with Ben? I mean, what, what are some things that you have changed recently that you did not do previously or it kind of surprised you? Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I briefly spoke about this with Crystal over the phone. And then um, I didn't tell you this, but um, Mega reached out to me. She's like, I want to put on muscle. And I'm like, hold up. What? I was like, that's that's my favorite thing. I was like, she's like, are you coaching? I'm like, eh, not really. But she's like, well, I want to put on muscle. I'm like, hold up. That's my favorite thing, you know? And like, you know, a lot of what I've learned from Ben recently has been, you know, I, I've, I've put it into practice and I'm, and I'm now I'm using it with her. And she's like, she's like, this is the best I've ever felt on keto. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's good. And then, so the training stuff, I'll say, let me start just from a philosophical standpoint. I think people need to know like so i train at mi40 gym right and Mm. mi40 stands for muscle intelligence and then the 40 i didn't know what it was for a while until ben told me and it was basically like 40 exercises and that's it so it's it's not like it's not how we, we we're not limited to 40 exercises but pretty much overall like the whole philosophy is as simple as possible Let's find the movements that we know are effective at giving us the best contraction, not only in the in the shortened position of the muscle, as well as the lengthened position. So what's what are those exercises? And we don't stray much. Every week we're we're kind of doing the same exercises. And it's like four to five movements. And then we're finding the the hardest parts of that movement on the lengthened portion and on the shortened portion. And it's like, it's very much, it goes great with the meditation and the yoga. And, uh, you know, I'm doing yoga two to three times a week and I'm, I'm finding, you know, little, what what we call like in keto, like the non-scale victories. Like when I, when I have to wash my feet in the shower, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that, like I'm, I'm able to move more because my glutes, my external hip rotators, all those things were just so tight over the years, just from being in that powerlifting mode of just like squat bench deadlift squat bench deadlift and um so the first thing is that simplicity and finding instead of saying man this exercise isn't working i'm not growing let me start a new exercise no instead of doing that it's like let's let's really go back to basics this exercise works look look at when you get it right on that two out of ten reps that you're doing you know you're finding the stretch you're, you're getting like a really good contraction Let's work on getting all 10 reps there. And um, so it starts with the simplicity and mastering a limited amount of movements and getting and doing them very, very well. And then, of course, from there, you can you can do the the NOS sets that he likes to do, the um, neuro, I always forget what it stands for, neuro overload set or something like neurological overload set. It's basically like a drop set, you know, um, and mm-hmm. we'll do drop sets sometimes. But then the other thing is like the, the focus and the intention throughout certain reps. So like I'll give, you, I'll give you an example for chest. I'll give you an example for back. I'll give you an example for legs. So we'll start with chest. So on whether it's a, a, a cable fly, a dumbbell fly, or a, a dumbbell bench, you know, on that um eccentric when you're lowering the weight let's say it's let's start with like a dumbbell bench and you're lowering that weight you're really focusing on stretching those chest muscles so you're not 
you know, if you're working and you're in like that, that automatic mode where you're like, okay, time to do bench, get on the bench, grab the dumbbell, elbows come down, elbows come up, hands down and up. You're just basically working. You're going through the motions. You're just working for completion. You're not working for contraction. When you Mm -hmm. actually focus on the contraction, you're focusing on instead of bringing the elbows down and up, you're bringing, you're working on pulling the elbows out and bringing them in. So that chest muscle, you're looking at what is the, what is the function of that chest muscle? How does that chest muscle stretch and, and contract? And so a lot of it is visualization. Like I close my eyes a lot of the time. I'm closing my eyes right now thinking about it as I, as I explain it. Um, and then like, and that, and that bottom stretch, I'm holding it for like a second. And then this is the important part where like it's been so helpful for me um, is it's kind of that reciprocal inhibition where you know that when you when you actively um, flex one muscle, you're going to be passively stretching the antagonist. And so um, at the bottom of a and oh, and the other thing is like when you're when you're at that most stretch position, no matter what you're doing, you're trying to contract the muscle while it's stretched. And this is like things that you just don't think about. You're like, okay, you're, you're on the lowering portion, you're, you're stretching the muscle and then you're like, okay, now it's time to lift it. So I'm like, gonna, I'm going to flex the muscle and, and I'm going to try to contract the muscle as it shortens. But Ben is really helping me to understand, focus on contracting the muscle when it's stretched. And that's where I really feel like you get that hardness and you get, you know, obviously not only just hardness, but you also get that more growth. And so when I um, am at the bottom of a dumbbell bench, the first thing that I'm focusing on is driving my traps into the bench as hard as possible. And when I do that right, I feel a really good contraction with my chest fully stretched as as big as it can be, as, as wide as it can be. And then, of course, you know, continuing that that contraction as I shorten the muscle and the same can go for, you know, on a back movement. So, like, I've always, you know, done my lat pull downs, you know, pretty much, you know, have a nice straight back. Obviously, I'm not going to be internally rotating my shoulders as I as I pull it down. I know that I know that's bad. Right. But like if I'm focusing on whether it be a, a, a. vertical pulling movement or even a horizontal pulling movement if it's a vertical pulling movement i'm i have to remember that the more i bend my elbow and i pull that let's say i'm doing like a reverse lat pull down the more i pull that lat pull down bar towards my body the more of a of a curl that i'm doing i'm just basically doing a curl whereas if i'm focusing on driving my elbows down and away from my body that's where I'm really f- like feeling my back. And then when I pull it all the way down as low as I can go while keeping that elbow outside, then I want to, on the way back up, again, push the elbow outside of the body because that allows me to not only on the contraction focus on that muscle, but then as I'm stretching it, I am resisting that weight going back away from me using the muscle fully. And, and, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, if on a leg movement, whether it's, let's say it's a hack squat on the hack squat, I'm focusing on, um, contracting my hip flexors as hard as possible 
when I'm lowering that weight, when I'm coming down and it's like, okay, you're, you're, why is this guy flexing his hip flexors? Okay. We know that your hip flexors are flexing as you're lowering the weight, but if you're actively trying to, to flex those hip flexors, well, the other thing that's happening is you're really stretching the crap out of those glutes. And then when I'm at that bottom of that movement, now my glutes are fully stretched. Now I have to initiate that movement because my glutes main, you know, job is to extend my hip. So now in the fully lengthened position, I'm getting a contraction in that glute that's just unreal. And then the same thing goes for, you know, there's, there's, there's just so much I can go on and on and on. Um, and so it's not like completely revolutionary in the sense that it's like, look at all these new machines, look at all these new exercises. There are, the machines in this gym are badass. Like they're, they're, they're very well built, but it's more that, that contraction and then that the ability to um, do this stuff that it's really, it's really hard and it's mentally exhausting to, to do this, the whole workout. And it's like, okay, we do four to five exercises. And then each exercise has like four to five work sets, uh, you know, some, some warmups, but you, you leave there and you're just drenched in sweat and you're, you know, you got to work out it. So, so how, wait, how many working exercises and, and sets and reps do you typically so, average? Yeah. So like, uh, I'll give an example, like, uh, like today we did, um, chest and then some biceps and some shoulders but like even if it's just you know a two muscle day each um each muscle will have at the very most four to five exercises maybe maybe like four sometimes five but you know very easily could be four so you're looking at eight to ten exercises total in a workout and then each workout, each uh, exercise has maybe about four working sets. So like you may have, you may some, spend some time at the beginning, you know, end up doing like eight sets of a movement because you're, you're warming up for like three sets, you know, three mm -hmm. to four sets. But then it's like there's going to be one to two sets there where you're really pushing the envelope. And it, and it could be people are like, are you, are you going heavier? Are you going lighter? Well, um, if it's earlier in the week, we'll, we'll push it more heavy. And if it's later in the week, it's kind of built in where we're, we may not go as heavy, but we're moving faster. But overall, mm -hmm. it's going to be, if we're not counting the, the, the warm-up sets, it's going to be probably about eight to 10 exercises tops. And that's, you know, maybe, maybe seven to eight, you know, closer to seven to eight with about four working sets and then what's the rep scheme look like on those working sets oh yeah yeah that's a good question so um so we'll start right around eight to ten reps and then as we go heavier um it, it could be as low as six like today on my dumbbell bench there were a few sets that i got like five to six you know so it's anywhere from six to ten so it's really not this whole, like, I, I, it's, it's funny because I have, I have friends that come in and, and, you know, they're local friends and they're like, you know, maybe they're, they compete in bodybuilding or something. And then, you know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll be like, you know, well, I need to get, I need to get 15 to 20 reps. I'm like, okay, okay. You need to get 15. I'm like, you're probably not going to get 15 to 20 reps if you're doing it this way. You're just not. Yeah. And then you'll see them like they'll, 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 
they'll focus on completing the reps, but I'm like, in my mind, it's, 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 I'm, I'm changed forever. I can't, I can't ever look at it that way again, because it's like, okay, yeah, you can say that you're going to do 15 to 20 reps, but then maybe you're going to have to drop the weight. If you're going to get, if you, I'd rather focus on quantity or quality versus quantity. And then there's, there, there is a time, especially because it has that metabolic component where you're moving fast and there's that, all right, let's push, let's push it just to push it, you know, just because we have to, we have to go there and we have to see Jesus today. Like we have to just, (laughs) we have to see Jesus like in our mind, like, like looking at you, like, like, am I alive right now? I'm I'm like, I might die. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, I love those moments in the gym. There's, there's times in the gym where I'll be like flawless on the form, but then I'll just get sloppy just for the sake of like going beyond what I'm previously thought yes. physically possible. Yeah, yeah. And I love those moments because like you, you like limp out of the gym and you're like, wow. Look what <laughs> and, I and just some, did. Sometimes you're like, the rep is like, it's like a 10th of the, of the movement. You know, it's like, it's like very little range of motion, but the intention is there and you're like repping it out and you're like 27, 28. And it's like, you know, like a quarter of the movement, but you're like, you know what? That muscle is contracting and that muscle is working and you're pushing it. Yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's that's like the instance in which it's okay to get sloppy. Like like you have to be kind of careful telling people to do that because they just take it to the next level and then everything's sloppy. <laughs> yeah. But like if you have a very um, strategic, you know, protocol for going in that realm, it it makes it worthwhile. I agree, man. What about uh, like supersets and stuff? Do you do a lot of supersets? Um, no, we don't. And I, and I miss that, man. I, look, I'll be honest. Ben, Ben is in the same position. You know, we, we want to like, we want Derek to do awesome. And so both of us being businessmen and him being just a bodybuilder, he wakes up in the morning, he trains, he goes and he eats, he goes home, he lays down, you know, he lies down all day, watches stuff and, you know, reads whatever it is he does goes to to the gym in the afternoon. He does his cardio. Ben and I are here like, okay, we wake up in the morning. We see our families. We, we have businesses to run. We have things to do. And, um, we basically have to structure our day around this training. And both of us are just starting to get antsy. And like, I personally, I miss supersetting. I miss, uh, my rowing. You know, I feel the best when I'm at a point, man, where I'm just like, it's cool to say like, you know, because people are like, oh, you look so huge right now. Cause I do, I feel big, you know, and I've put on muscle, but it's like, where do I feel my best? I feel my best when I'm able to just like, Hey Danny, you want to, you want to go jump? You want to go do some sprints? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And like, and I can just do it. And now I'm getting to that point now where I know that I'm going to have to go through that discomfort again of getting back in shape, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, again, it's like, it's, you got to enjoy that process because you know that it's something as quick as maybe two weeks. I'm going to be like, my rowing times are going to come down again. I'm not going to feel like I'm dying when I'm doing like any type of metabolic stuff. And, um, but we don't do now, like I said, later in the week, we do do some supersets, like, cause we're moving faster, but you know, it's just kind of like, Okay, get get biceps in, you know, whenever you get a chance, like throughout the rest period, if it's like a if it's like a like today we did chest, biceps and shoulders and we don't have like a a split that we do. You know, it's all based on like where's Derek needing stuff? 
So it's kind of like, you know, let's start the week with this. We're probably going to do, we're probably not going to train legs twice a week anymore. I've noticed for the past couple of weeks, we've trained legs once. Um, but for a long time, we were doing a quad heavy day and a hamstring heavy day. Um, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind not doing two legs, two leg days in a week. Don't mind that at all because there's some weeks there, man, where uh, I, I couldn't like my my VMOs were just like if I extended my knee, I got out of my car too quickly. I would just lock up and I'm and I'm like walking around like an old man. I was at a Starbucks with Maura and these two guys, I had to go to the bathroom and um, these two guys were sitting at a table next to us. And I come back from the bathroom and, and, and they're all cracking up because they thought that I was pooping my pants. <laughs> and, and I really was just limping to the bathroom. And here comes Mauda with her with her phone recording my walk to the bathroom and putting it up on Instagram and showing just like like how dead I am. But I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's good though, man. That's it when you know you're building good. something. It is good. I'm excited for the, uh, the the book. I mean, kind of what you said. There's there's definitely a cycle you have to go through. Like you have to appreciate a building phase and a cutting phase for what it is because i mean the, the moment people try and do both at the same time inevitably they come up short you know yeah. so having a designated building phase and a designated cutting phase is key but whenever you're in one it's kind of like the grass is always green on the other side you know yeah and and you know i i will say that it's interesting because this time around i didn't want to put on muscle but then after like a week or two i was like okay, man, it's time to put on muscle. This is what we're doing. And I've never committed to a bulk the way I did this time around. And um, looking at myself, I'm like, I put on some muscle. There's no question that I put on muscle. Like my upper body especially is thicker. Like I could wear double XL shirts. I was, I was putting on a double XL shirt and because I started to like you know, people send us T-shirts and stuff and they're, they're asking us like what size. And I, I'm starting to say, you know, XL or double XL, whatever you want, you know, whatever. And so I put on, you know, I put on a double XL shirt and I'm like, I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, come here for a second. And I tell her, I'm like, this is a double XL. I'm wearing double XL. I, I could wear a double XL. She's like, my gosh, you love yourself so much, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, beefcakes I'm like I do, I do love myself. I'm like, I'm like, let me wear my double XL. Like, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm filling it out. Like on the bottom portion It's the upper portion that's making it like fit right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'd be <laughs> proud of that, man. Be proud of that. How long was, was your designated building phase? So basically I would say it started right around, um, the end of May, early June. And, mm -hmm. and we're now in September. So June, July, August. So three full months. And, um, and then we'll probably be done the 12th or the 13th. Um, because the 13th, Ben and I are going to Miami. He's doing a seminar. And then um, he bought us tickets to go watch Jordan Peterson. I didn't tell you this. Oh, nice. So we're going to watch Jordan Peterson in Miami. And then Ben's going to fly directly from Miami to the Olympia. I can't go to the Olympia because um, we're basically getting rid of our Disney passes. We've had them for like six years. We enjoyed it. It was great. But it's time to um, we're not going to leave the parks altogether. We like Universal. So we're going to switch over to Universal. So this is our last trip to Disney. It's um, Desmond's best friend Riley's birthday. 
So we're going to be that weekend staying in the hotels and doing one more Disney trip, and I'm sure we'll enjoy it. And then um, from there, it's just getting back to, you know, I really want to do, there's so many things going on, like um, Keto Vengeance Unlimited moved to Patreon. So, uh, that, yeah. and and you and I will talk about that offline, man, because I, I got to tell you, you know, my frustrations with Keto Vengeance Unlimited, there's been things that I've been like, you know, I wish we could have done this better. I wish this could have been better. And, you know, when you when you think about like a membership site and you're like, I put so much effort into content and then you got to realize sometimes like, what does your audience want? And it's we found out and it's still kind of weird to say this, that what they want is us. And so we're finding that like doing things like the podcast, the Keto Vengeance Unlimited podcast, the the lives, the interaction with people, that's what they want. And um, because of that, you know, we, we've had to change everything over and um, trying to think where I was going with this whole, because I brought it up for a reason. Ugh, totally forgot, man. You, <laughs> me, you get me, brother, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I totally, totally lost my train of thought on that, but I, I don't remember why um, I brought it up, but yeah i don't remember we got we just a bunch of just a bunch of traveling coming up oh oh that's why i brought it up okay because we one of the things that was really popular on keto vengeance unlimited in our first year were these monthly challenges that we were doing you remember like mm -hmm. i've done like the the no sugar no sweeteners the burpee challenge the um just several different challenges that we've done we did um 31 days of rowing we did um we do, we've done mindset challenges and so we have one coming up in September where it's like a body weight type of thing. And so I'm excited because September, October, November, those three months already have like set challenges to them. And the October one is going to be involving rowing and running 5Ks. And nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I, I really love that because, you know, November people like to run a 5K on Thanksgiving. And if you're running 5Ks regularly and you're rowing regularly, I mean, the day of Thanksgiving, you're probably, instead of saying, I'm going to complete a 5K, you're probably like, let me set it up to where that day is PR day. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race a 5K. Let's see how fast I could run a 5K. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited about getting back to training that is more metabolically oriented because I just feel so good. Yeah, no, I'm excited, man. You got you got a lot of things in the pipeline coming up, all of which are going to be pushing the envelope in some form or fashion. But you know what, though? And I know that you appreciate this, too, is like I've really started to just be cautious of trying to start so many things at once. You know, like there's there's the book. We have the keto, the ketogenic athlete book that that, you know, any type of contributions that you can make will will we'll ask you. And of course, you be involved. Um, so we're writing that. Then we have Keto Vengeance Unlimited. We have the Fat Fueled Family podcast. We have the Fat Fueled Family blog and all that stuff. And um, I really have to just be very cautious. I have so many friends that I want to partner up with and, and do different programs. Um, and I have to just be really cautious because, you know, you have to put a, a good focus on what you're doing so you can put in good work and you can do good work, you know? Yeah, 100% agree, man. There's so many things that... I want to jump into, but I have held off on currently because I want to, before I move to the next thing, I want to streamline the, the current operations we have in place because I think 
you know, if I, if I put maximum effort into those undistracted, they're going to be able to, you know, grow and blossom much faster than if I was to try and just overextend myself. And then when I accomplish that, then I can, you know, go forward with the same type of intensity and focus on the next thing, as opposed to just trying to do all things at once. Yeah. And I think that like, when you get back to like the whole mindful thing, you're thinking of like being mindful and minding your thoughts and realizing like, why am I trying to do so many things at once? Does that mean that I don't trust this, this one thing? Because if I trust mm-hmm. that this one thing is going to be a good thing and it's going to add value, then why wouldn't I put myself into it wholeheartedly and not have like, you know, 20 contingency plans, you know, at the same time? Yeah, I totally agree, man. Like there's no plan B in our life right now, so to speak. And it, it's kind of like a similar concept to when you work for somebody else versus working for yourself. Like there's always that, like the, the like when you work for yourself full time, you kind of mimic that same you know, internal response by having multiple different contingency plans, even yeah. if they're self-imposed. Yeah. But but simply just removing some of those and really doubling down on the things that you do currently have is is absolutely key, I think. Yeah, because like, okay, then let, let's just say like, you know, going back to back in the day where you're like, okay, I need to source this, I need to source that, I need to find how I'm going to, you know, put those together. I need to figure out what the what the USDA or the FDA, what they need to like, And then like you hit a roadblock and you're like, all right, I'm going to put this on the back burner. What else can I work on? Mm -hmm. Versus like, let's, let's get this done. And I'm not going to go to sleep until I figure this conundrum out. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like being a closer is, (laughs) is key. Like there's so many people that start so many things and never close or finish anything. And I don't know, like I I put a lot of emphasis in finishing things. Like I don't want to ever start something that I don't finish. And if I move away from something, and focus on something else. It's it's because I've learned from that and can apply those skills to something better. And I've gleaned everything I can from that first thing. But I don't ever want to have myself so overextended that nothing gets done. Totally agree, man. It's good, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, we need to have like one of these podcasts every. Dude, let's <laughs> like, do one a month. Know, I'm ten cool. episodes or something. I'm telling you, at, at once a month, once every other month. I totally agree. Like I I put. It's funny because you and I had this long um catch-up session right the week before it was the wednesday before dean got hit so mm-hmm. wednesday uh dean get or wednesday we have that conversation i'm like man i missed robert that was really good to catch up and all i did was i was like i put a reminder for myself the next wednesday to call you up and the reason why i didn't was like that wednesday i was in the hospital and i was like Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not doing this. Snooze it to the next Wednesday. Next Wednesday comes up and I'm like, this is my first week trying to get back into the groove of things, trying to transition back from like crisis mode to real world. And then, um, and then that was that, that was last Wednesday. And then, you know, I, I texted you this weekend and you're like, let's get something on the podcast. And here we are now. So we we need to just put this on the schedule, man, because it's true. Like, you know, um, both of us are so busy, but we, we both get so much out of this. And I, I guess maybe some people will, will get some entertainment out of these conversations. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, man. Like I have a lot of friends in my life. I have a lot of relationships, a lot of connections, but there's very few, you know, friends and connections in my life that are like really, really true and in line with, you know, my beliefs and like just 
like, I don't know, I, I talk to a lot of my older friends and the, the conversation almost is exhausting. Whereas I talk to you and it's energizing, you know? Yeah. So here. I, I want to, uh, you know, it, it's, we both have so much going on. It's oftentimes inconvenient to, you know, take an hour, hour and a half out of our day to like schedule a podcast with each other. But at the same time, like those are the moments we need to make sure we get because that's going to energize us more for the rest of the stuff we have to do in a day. Oh, totally. And, and uh, as soon as we, because I told you, we're basically going to record five episodes for our podcast before we uh, release it out there. So we give ourselves some leeway, but maybe we'll, we'll bring Mauda on just to just listen to us for some of these, you know, like so mm-hmm. we'll do one on yours. We'll do one on our fat field family one. And, and, you know, if Mauda wants to chime in every now and then, maybe we bring Crystal in for, you know, every third or fourth one uh yeah, her and, and Mauda to get in there and and <laughs> make fun of us i'm like totally i'm totally down for that i mean there's literally like a million more questions i have for you right now and there's like so much more to catch up on i mean like you're one of the people that i can talk a, an hour and a half with on the podcast and it feels like we just barely introduced ourselves you know it's so true man it's so true i love it i love it well we'll, we'll do this again for sure man this is just the beginning um for anybody that does not know what do they do to find you on the internet? I think if they just go to Google and type in big, strong, hairy man. They- <laughs> <laughs> big, strong, hairy man has to be hairy for sure. Um, yeah. So, of course, Keto Counterculture and now um, fatfueled.family. I finally can say it's coming. It's coming. No, it's finally here. And is it perfect? Nope. But um, we have like the the main sections are up. The shop is up. The, the blog has a few posts on there and I'm basically, um, I got posts scheduled out because I got a bunch of posts. Now I just got to just l- let time go by because being who I am, I'm like, I just want to put them all there now, but it's better to yeah. just post in a nice cadence, you know, like a one, once a week type of thing. Um, so that, those are the main places. Of course, the Keep Athlete cool. podcast, if they haven't heard of that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'll link out to all those too, so it's easy for people to find you. Yes, sir. Well, Danny, man, tell the family I said howdy. Uh, and yeah, well, well, I've got plans. I know I keep saying this, man. This, this is the one thing that I keep saying, but I do plan on coming to Florida, spend some quality time with y'all in person. And once I get this this warehouse all set up, man, you got to come out here. Well, listen, I, I I don't know if we're waiting till spring or not. I hope we're not, but if if we have to wait till spring, uh, to go see you or for you to come down, that's fine. Uh, I'll be ecstatic if you could come here before the end of the year, but I totally understand if you can't. We'll make it happen either way for sure, man. Because we just we just need we're like bros. We need to, like we have to have our bro time. <laughs> yeah, man, we really do. And we didn't get it at KetoCon. I know we were both just going crazy every which way, man. But you know what? Having we're gonna get at it. KetoCon is great, but it's just like it's hard to step away. But you know what? It's it's I don't think it's as much KetoCon as it is like being a parent, and so. The good news is that um, KetoCon next year will be childless for us. And then even though the low-carb cruise will be with the kids, for some reason, I think that'll be good, too, because I think that um, they, they'll have, like, a kids' club. So, so we'll be able to do a lot of catch-up. But it's true. We, we were t- hyping up KetoCon to each other, like, let's catch up, let's catch up. And then we, ned- we, we only got, like, we got that one night where we had dinner with Matt and Mega, and, and, and then we had just, like, some hangout time. But... We need more. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. We'll make it happen. We'll put that on the priority list. Yep. Well, Danny, until next time, brother. Take care, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon.